everybody, and welcome back. He's Mr. Connor. She's Julie. I'm Barbarino. No, wait, he's Epstein. I'm Horshack. She's Hotsy Totsy. This isn't Welcome Back, Connor. It's Vikings reporting through a Ted. Drewster, how are you? <laughs> oh, episode 40, Ted. Well, they tease him a lot because they got him on the spot. Welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. What a great show, dude. It was. Tootsus, how are you this fine evening? I'm doing good. I have, instead of a joke today, I have a limerick. Do y'all want to hear? Yeah! Yes! Ted and I love limericks, man. You know that. All right, here we go. There once was a coach named Zimmer, whose playbook got slimmer and slimmer. He gets shredded by backup QBs. Dan Campbell will bite off his knees as the season gets dimmer and dimmer. Ah! Yeah! Ding, 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 ding! <laughs> that's one of the, that's, that, oh. that might be one of the greatest moments in Viking Report that history. Right, right there. That's, that's, <laughs> that is the limerick to end all limericks right there. It's not going to get any better than that. Oh, let's roll that into, I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem, Ted Glover? Light this candle. He's right. Light this candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Oh, this show gets better and better. Thank you to everybody who joined us on the live show, Ted. And especially, shout out to you for the great job hosting. And let's shout out for Christopher Gates again. I don't know if Chris watches these studio shows, but damn, what a great addition he has been to Vikings yeah. for our live shows. It was a bad game, great night. whole lot of viewers, whole lot of new fans, I hope. Thank you. But it all came at the expense of the Minnesota Vikings. who lost 20-16 to to the Dallas Cowboys and a backup quarterback named Cooper Rush, and the <laughs> fallout has been, like, nonstop since since the end of the game. We are delaying recording a day because we were so bummed out about the game. I mean, we just neither neither Ruby or, or Drew or I wanted to even deal with it yesterday. It was just so – it just made us all just angry and pissed Why off. Why the hell was that so heart-wrenching, Ted? <laughs> You're not dying. You just can't think of anything good to do. That loss was just heart wrenching. We're gonna hit that later. Hold that thought. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question that leads into this later. But for now, where do the Vikings go from here, Drew? I mean, I just they're three and four. They got the Ravens game, which we're gonna preview. And by the way, we got a big show. We're gonna we're gonna preview the Ravens later. We got Drew's question. We got a hashtag. Nobody cares about your fantasy segment. We got trivia. And we got maybe a, a special guest doing our inter, uh, introduction for our, our game preview. But we are going to give trivia questions to Tunes's after she's been plunking us for a month and a half. Oh, how the <laughs> tables have turned. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, but where do the Vikings go from here, dude? They're three and four. They got games against Baltimore the Los Angeles Chargers, both on the road, then they're home against the Packers before they go back on the road to face San Francisco. Where do the Vikings go? What what to make of this team? Man, oh man, that was, we talked last week about running the gauntlet and how important it was to get off to a win. And we were kind of iffy if Dak Prescott played, if we were actually going to have a shot at this game. When they named Cooper Rush and said Dak was going to be out, that became a must win. We have, you got to win that. The play calling was maybe the worst I've seen in 40 years of Viking football. It's a long time since I've seen inept play calling like that. Just the whole thing rolled over. You could feel the loss coming. The more Dallas hung around. And in the past, under the Zimmer regime, this is the type of game they bounce back from. After after a loss like this next week, which is this week, they bounce back from it. Uh -huh. Which they've done in the past with Seattle, you know, the Saints. They, they seem to pull big win out to make people scratch their head and go, maybe Zimmer isn't done. This feels a whole lot different, man. It's went over the edge. It did. And, you know, we, we kind of, you, me, and, and Chris discussed the ins and outs, the specifics of the game, and just how 
inept the offensive play calling was, how the Vikings defense couldn't get off, get off the field. We talked about all that. So uh, please, by all means, go back and, and watch uh, Vikings Report Rewind that came out October 31st, just a couple nights ago. But what was kind of lost, and this has sort of developed over the last couple of days, during his post-game press conference, while we were on the air, and I didn't see this, you'll remember, you know, at the end of the first half, the Vikings just botched their drive again. And, and big holy crap moment was Kirk Cousins running and getting a first down, and there was not a lot of time left. And they had, they had one timeout left, but instead of calling a timeout, Kirk tried to get everybody lined up, and they just ran out of time. They had enough play for a Hail Mary, and that was it. In the post-game press conference, this is what Kirk Cousins said about that timeout when asked. He said, I just let Zim handle the timeouts because I never know quite what the coaches want to do with what they're thinking, a play ahead or what that may be. So I was just going to let them handle that and call the next play if one came in. Now, the following day in his press conference, Mike Zimmer said this because he was asked about the timeout situation and kind of relayed what Kirk had said the day before. That's my fault. There was a miscommunication. He has the ability to call a timeout, but that was a miscommunication. I won't get into it, but that was a miscommunication. We were trying to get on the ball and the receiver lined up wrong and took too much time. I don't even know where to go. Because on the one hand, you have a coach not knowing that he should call a timeout, or you have a quarterback who feels he doesn't have the autonomy to call a timeout because he's waiting for the coach to make that call. Discuss amongst yourselves. Talk amongst yourselves. They tease him a lot. I feel like Arnold Horshack. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, it sounds like one guy blaming the other. Ted, Ted, we're at week nine. You should have the preemptive two-minute protocol worked out already. This is what yeah. we're gonna do. If this happens, if running play, if this happens, you know, I mean, the timeout. That's just I don't buy any of that stuff, man. I mean, what kind of what are you doing out there? But it sounds like one guy blaming the other. It's hot. when I was watching it, I was going, what the hell are we, like, no plan again. It reminded me of that Tennessee game with no plan again. Yeah, Stop exactly. running around with no plan. And then they throw that five-yard square out to the tight end, and he gets tackled in bounds. What good is that? That's giving up. That's terrible. That shouldn't even be involved in it. No. There's no communication. What happened to I watch tape with Mike Zimmer, and we sit around that popcorn, and we watch the game, the tape? What happened to all that? Remember three weeks ago? We watched yeah. film together? Yeah. Is that so? That's not happening anymore, I guess. Uh, apparently, for all the film they've watched together, they've never discussed who should call a timeout or when. Maybe they're watching Welcome Back Cotter reruns and not watching the game. The game it, feels, it feels like it would be more productive than whatever the hell it is they're doing in Egan right now. What's your take on Kirk? Should he just say, just put his hand up and say, screw you guys, I'm going to do what I want? Because yes, is he absolutely. That well, is he that in tune with the offense and Jefferson and Thielen where they can all kind of – Go together and say, screw the coaching staff. We're going to do it together. Are they that together? Are they that bonded where they can do that? If he's not, that speaks to a lot more problems than just who should call a timeout win. Like Tommy Kramer used to. I'm not doing I'm not running that. I'm not running that play. Tommy Kramer had a, a tweet, and he said, look, Kirk should be able to call his timeouts. I remember one time playing somebody, and Schnelker called in the same play four times, and I changed it every time. And I got back to the sideline, and Schnelker said, what are you doing? He said, you call that play, and you go out there with a 260-pound linebacker on you. And he said, Schnelker told him, Tommy, I'm never going to question you again. That's leadership. That's quarterback leadership right there. In 2009, Brett Favre would blow off Brad Childers when he didn't like the play and would call it. The, the fact that you're telling me a 10-year veteran who was brought in specifically to win the Super Bowl doesn't have the autonomy to make a, to call a timeout or doesn't think he has the autonomy to call a timeout, whose fault is that? I don't know whose fault it is, but you're not the guy. If you're not willing to over, if you're not willing to do it, you're not the guy. Get out. You're not the guy. I think it's a dual problem with Zimmer and Cousins, and honestly, they just need to get divorced. Quit staying together for the sake of the kids. Just figure out what's going to go on and go your own way because this, whatever this is, obviously is not working for anybody. Ted, if you see something that's not going to work and you're of the quarterback status, which is you're the captain of the offense, you run the damn offense. If you see something that's not going to work, but you're scared because the head coach is going to get mad at you because you don't run it, then you're not a leader. You're not the right guy for the job. And you, 
you got to be able to overthrow that idea, like you mentioned with the Kramer stuff right there. If you can't do that, you're not the guy. Yeah, exactly. I think it just goes to this deeper, below-the-surface stuff that we're not seeing. I think there's a fascinating dynamic going on in the Vikings locker room right now. I'm not saying good, but fascinating. There is something not right in that locker room, whether it's the coach and the players, certain players, the players, you know, kind of peeling off into different cliques and groups, something. There is something not right, and there's not a unifying person to get this team together anymore. There just isn't. I don't disconnect. think. We used to call it the disconnect, remember? Yeah. That's yeah. the word I think we used on the show. It's really like the 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 fog is lifting and everything's being revealed now. And first off, Clint Kubiak should not be coordinator for another game. And I'm not ripping on Kubiak. He's new. He's in over his head. I said it back in May when you asked me, and I said he won't make half the season. Yeah. He got a position that he's not ready for. He's not an offensive coordinator. So I don't want to sit here and bash him and say he's a 10-year guy that's screwing everything up. He doesn't know what he's doing, dude. I don't think if he does that right now. 10-year-old on a motocross bike and expect him to go out and beat people. He's not ready for it. He's not. But the fact that he's still there is, is that was it. That was that was Sunday was it. He shouldn't be calling another play for the Vikings. But yeah, Zimmer shouldn't be coaching another game. I don't, I don't know. That was that game was telling to me on a lot of levels. And now you've got Adam Thielen mentioned something about if you don't have the right attitude, whether you're a coach or a player, you don't need to be here. I think it tells me there's people that are checked out. And I don't think he was singling out the head coach. Maybe a coach on the staff. It just feels like what is being said publicly is about 10%, if that, of what is really going on in that locker room. I truly believe that. And it it just seems like this thing is getting ready to boil up and just go nuclear. And if they lose a couple more games, I think it's going to get immensely ugly in Minnesota. Well, if it gets immensely ugly in the next two weeks, how do you keep it all the same till January? I mean, I, I, I don't know. And because we're Vikings fans and we know things can always get worse, <laughs> we learned that superstar defensive end <laughs> Neil Hunter, who was made whole by getting a renegotiated contract for his peck late first quarter, early second quarter in the Sunday night loss to Dallas, and he is now on IR and he is out. For the year, brother. Devastating. Huge, huge loss. Huge, Ted. Huge. Yeah. The one thing you and I said, if you go back and watch our off-season shows, and if you have that much time, really go get a job first. But if you <laughs> but but after you get home from work, watch our shows. Because they're pretty funny, I think. We both said, I think almost every episode when we talked about defensive end or the Vikings defense, that Daniil Hunter was the key to the Vikings defense in 2021. Why did you feel that was the case, Drew? Because the defensive line was so poor last year, and I knew it all. This defense relies on the pass rush. That's what it all comes down to. And him just being on the field causes the offense to have to scheme differently to compensate for him. Yes. Chip, chip block, extra back, or whatever. That is the one guy, and he's a game changer. He reminds me of Bruce Smith. I haven't seen many players that have broken tape down that look as good as Daniil Hunter does on the way his technique. He's just a special football player, generation football player. Coming back this season, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be it. This is going to be one of the big difference makers. This will, as long as he's out there, we're going to have a shot because he can change a game on a couple plays. Now the defensive line, the rest of the season, Ted, is going to be hodgepodge, mismatch, throw a guy here, throw a guy there, spell this guy, run this guy in. And the thing was, he was having a great bounce back year. I thought he was a strong contender for comeback player of the year. He was making a huge impact. I mean, the Vikings had already equaled their sack number from last year through seven games, largely because of him. And not just his numbers, but like you had said, his presence. He's one of those guys that where offenses have to know where he's lined up on every play and how are you going to account for him? Because if you don't, he will wreck you. And now he's off the field and, and there's really now, Eric Kendricks is pretty good, but I don't know that there's a player that an opposing offensive coordinator fears like Daniil Hunter. Difference of making a great team, especially defensively, is game planning for different individuals. 
The purple people eaters were so dominant because you had to game plan for Paige and Eller, Matt Blair, Paul Krause. You had to game plan for each guy. It's impossible yeah. to game plan for them all. The Vikings have two. They used to have three, but I think Harrison Smith's fallen off. It was Hunter and Kendricks. Those are the guys you specifically have to game plan for. Now one's out the door. Yeah. And now keep this in mind. You know, Chris Thomason tweeted this out. Daniel Hunter's rework contract from last spring calls for an $18 million bonus to be picked up or not picked up by the fifth day of the new league year in March 2022. So the Vikings are going to have a huge decision to make. They can either redo the deal. If they don't pick up that bonus, then he'll be released. Things just got a lot cloudier for guys that I thought would be key guys. On one hand, he's missed 26 of his last 33 games when, when this injury is done with, and that's a lot. Yeah, but yeah, but are the injuries a pattern injury? Like guys like you know Michael Bennett hurt every other week? Yeah. Is, is it really a pattern? Is he injury I don't know. prone, or is it just a freak neck thing and then a, a torn pec? Is it not? Is it individual of themselves? I think they're individual things, but it's but it's definitely a factor now. I mean, he's had two season-ending injuries in consecutive years, and that's not good. There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding this franchise after that loss to Dallas, and it just feels like things are are building up. And this kind of leads me to my Drew Bunting question of the week. A few minutes ago, Drew, you said this loss felt different, and I agree with you. I think that's one of the reasons we didn't record when we normally do because it was just a different kind of feeling after this loss. So my question is, is this a franchise-altering loss for the yes. Minnesota Vikings? Yes, this feels different. We talk about gut feelings. I think it's all going to come to a head this Sunday when we play the Ravens. This is a game we're supposed to bounce back from. I have a feeling we're going to get run off the field. And, and right now, the Vikings are very fragile as an organization. And when you start seeing the tweets and things like Zeeland said, that's the last straw before the camel's back breaks. What's a straw on the camel's back? Is that how it goes? The straw that met the rubber on the road is okay. the same. What did you just say? Okay, I just, it, it, <laughs> it, it did feel, it feels like it's over and let's start on something new. But Hunter, if you're going to get rid of everything, I would probably take a chance on keeping him. He's that much of a generational guy. It's hard to find guys like that, Ted. That's kind of where I am right now, yeah. That's the one guy I would take a chance on. Everybody else, I mean, you mentioned last week your list, very limited. You protected like five guys and you said everybody else could go to hell. Yeah, and Hunter was one of the guys I keep. and. I still yeah. feel that way even after. I do game. too. I do too because it's when he's on, you can't find guys in the draft like that, Ted. Normally, I mean, it's just there's something about him that's just way different. Like Bruce Smith, he's a Chris game Dolman. Chris Don't when you watch Chris Dolman play, you were saying to yourself, Ted, I know you said it, saying I've never seen this before. No, a game changer is the only way you can describe Daniel Hunter. I would argue that a, a new regime would want to have him as one of their cornerstone guys that they they kind of rebuild and, and try and get back into into contention with but that's you know that's just me I agree with you I, I think it's a franchise altering loss I, because if you're a team that goes into the season thinking we are all in you cannot lose at home to a backup quarterback against a team you think you might meet later on in the playoffs uh, playoffs don't talk about playoffs you kidding me Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. You can't. You cannot. You can't. And, and they did. And there, there are people that are still trying to defend Mike Zimmer, saying the defense played well. They only gave up 20 points. I'm sorry. When, when Cooper Rush throws for 300 yards and your defense is like this soft zone Ugh. coverage for almost the entire evening and you let guys make plays, at some point it's going to burn you. That's not good coaching. It just isn't. The culture, Ted. The culture is gloom. When we took that lead, 16 to 13, the thought process should be, it don't matter, it's over. They're not going to drive the field on us. That's not our thought process as fans, as a team. When it went up 16-13 and the Vikings couldn't put the kill shot touchdown on, all of us, including Toots, went 2016 Dallas, drive the field touchdown. And I'm not alone. A lot of people thought that's not the way the thinking should be. It shouldn't be like that, Ted. It shouldn't. It be. shouldn't. But it is. That last drive, the officiating crew put on Minnesota Vikings jerseys and would have 
put would have damn near carried the ball across the goal line if they could have. That was like the only thing they didn't do. They set the Vikings on the doorstep, and the Vikings could not score a touchdown to win the game. And then we all knew Cooper Rush is going to drive down the field, and there's a score a touchdown and win, and that's exactly what happened. It was Cooper Rush, Ted. Cooper Rush. And I want you to go back and after we're done tonight, watch one play. Watch that Zeke Elliott play towards the end that got him the first down. That was a big boy play. That's a guy who wants to get the first down against a team who, whatever, we don't care. That's one guy wanting it more. You watch that play. That is one guy wanting it more when Elliott made that play. Got a, got a quick question. Yeah. What school did Ezekiel Elliott go to? Okay. Did we remind <laughs> you we're doing two trivia tonight? <laughs> We're doing two tonight with two. Cooper Rush. All right. So the Vikings are in a bad place right now, and it's an uncertain future. This is just the Vikings are in a weird place, and it just feels like it's teetering. Maybe if they get a couple wins, it can go back, but but it just it doesn't Man. feel like this team is capable of doing that. Maybe if they get a couple wins and then they lose a couple more, and maybe they get another couple wins. And I know then they go eight and nine. And then we make excuses, and then next year, Zimmer, well, it's going to be different. And then we start out 0-4, then we win a couple games, then we win a couple more, then we lose a couple more. <laughs> when does, stop! Stop, Ted. Stop the madness, Ted. It's done. Oh, I'm with you. I'm this with you, team but... Yes, no toughness, no stomping on people. I'm done being the king of the dipshit teams. I'm done, Ted. The thing is, I'm kind of like the leader right now. Kind of like the king of the dipshit. I think drastic, drastic changes are ahead. Then do it now! Why not do it now? Put Keenan McCardo in there! Who cares if we lose four or six more games? Give us something to be motivated for. Give us something to hang our hats on. Give us some kind of futuristic thing rather than Mike Zimmer saying we need to play better at these lame-ass press count. It's over. It is. It's done. Everybody join in with me. It's done. It's done. It's done. Epstein used to bring notes from his mother to school for Mr. <laughs> Cotter. Pretty soon Mr. Cotter would say, I'm not buying this, Epstein. I'd have Juan Epstein as my head coach right now. <laughs> Epstein, huh? Juan Luis Pedro Filippo de Huevos Epstein from San Juan. <laughs> kind of think they're going to let Zimmer coach the rest of the year unless something like in 2010 happened with, with Childress and he just got blown out at home by the Packers and Wilf had seen enough. I think that's a distinct possibility. I don't know that it'll be this week in Baltimore, but if the Vikings lose, I, I think we are definitely on Zimmer watch. I was kind of surprised he wasn't canned after the Cowboys game, to be quite honest. But here we are. I mean, what do we do this year to try to get to the playoffs? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> Even in a watered-down NFC with seven teams and seventeen games, sure anything's possible. But but look yourself in the in the eye or in the mirror and say, really, even if this team were to back in and get the sixth or seventh seed, are they a serious contender? Can they go and win three hard road games? No, they can't. They no. they they can't. They're they're not going to be Green Bay, Tampa Bay. And maybe the Saints, whoever the whoever you think your top three teams are, right? They're just not, man. They're not. And so if that's not gonna happen, then do something. They're getting all their air back. Do something. Do something. Do something. And I don't know what that something is for the rest of this year. I mean, I don't think you're gaining anything by firing Zimmer and replacing him with like Andre Patterson and and firing. Kubiak and replacing him with a guy like Keenan McCarter. I just, I don't know that that's going to do anything other than get shuck out the jive and bring in the love, maybe. You're giving us a little bit of something to hang our hat on and say it's over. We're going on to something else. That's what it gives us. If he had won a Super Bowl, I think maybe he'd he'd be given a little bit more credit or maybe an extra year or two, kind of like Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh's had a couple of down years. But you have the faith that he can get you back to where you need to be. Mike Zimmer hasn't done that. He's won He's won two playoff games, one on an absolute miracle play at the end of the game, one an overtime win, and and that's, that's, that's it, man. You know, the closer he got to the Super Bowl, the closer he flew to the sun, Icarus, and you fell to the earth burning at the end of a short end of a 38-7 to score. So, I, I mean, I, 
Mike Zimmer doesn't have the credibility a guy like Mike Tomlin has, for example. And, and uh, another thing is, he doesn't endear himself to people, so we want to back him either. Not anymore, he no. He throws guys under the bus. His attitude is, you know, blame everybody. He doesn't take the accountability, so he's hard to back. He's Parcells without the occasional humor and Super Bowl titles. I want to buy tonight with 10% with 10 a day around here in Jersey, where I come from. That's called the juice. Now, Jumbo, I don't want you to get nervous because that's, that's not Michigan State down there. That's Philadelphia, okay, kid? Not Michigan State. And that's that's a grumpy old man is what it is. It just is. Here, here's another thing I'm worried about, Ted. What's that? I'm worried about this, and I wanted to get – this is a Ted question of the week. It seems like if you get rid of Zimmer and keep Spielman, you've kept the problem. I think they both need to go. So if Zimmer got fired but Spielman stayed, I feel personally I don't think that remedies anything. How do you feel about one or the other or both of them going? Oh, 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 Mr. Carter. Oh, 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 Mr. Carter. Oh, oh, answer me. Call on me, Mr. Carter. Mr. Cutter. I don't think this this organization moves forward, truly moves forward, unless you have a new GM and a head coach in place. People who want to defend Rick Spielman with, with you know, great draft picks and all this and what we, 2015 draft class and all that, oh, okay, fine, that, fair. He's made some good picks. He's, he's, he's signed some good free agents. Every GM has made good picks, Ted. But he's been the GM since 2012. And for every single year over the last 10 years, the offensive line has sucked. He boom, has, boom, boom. He has tried to fix it. I'm not saying he, he has ignored it. He signed free agents. He's drafted players. But it wasn't until 2017 and 2018 timeframe when he actually started using high-end draft capital to go get offensive linemen. And a couple of those guys were bust. Pat Alfline was a bust. I don't think Garrett Bradbury is going to work out. But the absolute failure to develop a good offensive line, the absolute failure to get yourself a franchise quarterback, and yet he had a couple bad breaks there too, I get it, are fireable offenses to me. He had a couple bad breaks. Really? Talk about Ngakwe. Talk about that ridiculous Chris Herndon trade. That is dumb. In the last couple of years, he's made panic trades. If the Vikings are going to start over, they need to start over. And starting over means a new GM and a new head coach. They could flame out and hire the next Rich Kotite. I get it. But you know you're not going anywhere with Mike Zimmer. You might as well, you know, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars, as Casey Kasem would say. Keep your feet in the ground and keep reaching for the stars. And go get a guy. Go get a guy like Matt LaFleur and go 13-3 and back-to-back years. And don't settle for being good every other year. Settle for being good every freaking year and go to the playoffs. And because you're not going to win a Super Bowl unless you get to the playoffs. So whatever. I'm done. I'm done with the people say, well, how do you know that the guy is going to be better than Mike Zimmer? He might not be, but you can't be scared like but that. You can't you be can't. scared. You cannot be. No. All right. So that that does it for the state of the Vikings, which is absolutely horrible right now. But, you know, maybe they'll get a couple wins and we'll be back on track. <laughs> now it is time for a hashtag. Nobody cares about your fantasy segment. Let's do it. Drew Bunning, how did we do this weekend against the boys over at Vikings Uncensored? Ted Glover, I'm glad you asked me that. What's that whipping sound? <laughs> we won our third straight game, beating VU 161.8 to 153.25, and that came without me even having Calvin Ridley. So we beat VU. We're up 5-3 to three on the season. That's our third straight victory, and Ryan Johnson and Lance Bruns, give it a better shot next week. Maybe you'll be luckier. We won. Yeah, good luck, boys. You're going to need it. In our season-long fantasy football contest between Toonses, Drew, and myself, I believe, Drewster, I won. You I did won. win because Kelsey couldn't get his head out of his butt. <laughs> Dude, I only needed eight points. All you people out there that voted for my team, I had it. Kelsey needed eight points to beat Ted, and he got four. He, got, he only got four, and he fumbled. So Ted Glover wins, and the seven people who voted for Ted Glover, as we see their names, good job for you seven. And that gives me three wins on the year. Drew has three wins, and Ruby has two. So nobody, nobody's really running away with this. And we just showed you the, the weekly winners. Now we're going to put up the season standings for, for this contest, and we'll explain the contest in just a minute. Nobody's running away with that one either. We, we're not quite halfway through the season, and what is it? It looks like 
what, two wins separate first place from from everybody else for the most part. The two guys who had four wins both voted for my team, so everybody else got to move up a, a, a notch and catch it. It's going to be a great race. Keep entering because we got some good prizes down the road. So what are we playing and what are we entering for? So we are playing the season-long fantasy football contest. Each week, Drew, Ruby, and myself will pick a quarterback, a running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. We can only pick that player one time throughout the season. We're using a standard PPR scoring format, and whoever has the most points among the five players we pick wins for that week. What you guys need to do is decide. We'll announce our teams here shortly. You decide which team you think is going to win for that week. And in the comments below in our YouTube channel here, put Team Ted, Team Drew, or Team Toonsons. Don't put it on our Facebook page. Don't add us on Twitter. Let us know here in the comments below. If you pick the right team, you get a point. The team that has the most points at the end of the season wins this really cool framed plaque of Minnesota Vikings cards. Eight all-time Minnesota Vikings great players. Ahmad Rashad's in there. I believe Chuck Foreman's in there. Carl Eller's in there. Just some great players. If you don't collect cards, it's it's a really cool piece of memorabilia for, you know, to put in your in your Vikings room. If you have kids or you want to get your kids collecting cards, these are, this is a great, great thing. They'll, they'll really like them. So it really is. It really is an awesome gift. And we have a mystery prize that we're also giving away. Yeah, we have a mystery prize, but like the mystery, Ted, we like to keep it a mystery. Yeah. So, and the mystery means you don't know what it is. And because I don't know what it is either. They're not even telling me. <laughs> so for the, for the players we picked, the only, the only rule we have is that we are not allowed. We just decided amongst ourselves that we will not pick any players from the Thursday night game. This week, it's the Jets and the Colts. I say that we don't pick the Thursday night game because there could be a, a player that goes off on the Thursday night game and scores a lot of points and maybe possibly skew the results for that week. But it's the Jets and the Colts. We shouldn't have a problem this week. But we're still going to remain consistent throughout the year and not pick any players. True, true. All right, so since I won, should I go first, I guess, this week? You go for you didn't go. You haven't gone first for a couple of weeks. Tell us your team first, Ted Glover. All right, this week my quarterback is Joe Burrow, Ohio State legend. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Are you really hanging your hat on Joe Burrow being an Ohio State guy? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Oh. My running back is Najee Harris. My one wide receiver is Keenan Allen of the Los Angeles Chargers. My second wide receiver is Amari Cooper of the Dallas Cowboys. And my tight end is Zach Ertz of the Philadelphia, nay, Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> what do you got this week, Drew? Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback. Aaron Jones is my running back. Wide receiver, I, do, I too also have Keenan Allen. My other wide receiver is Justin Jefferson. And my tight end is my buddy Mark Andrews, who stole the stole the win <laughs> with his 43 points he made for Toots. It's wow. Toots' buddy. Toots' buddy right there. Mark Andrews is my tight end. That's my lineup. All right. Toots, who do you have this week for your fantasy team? All right. I have Lamar Jackson, <laughs> Dalvin Cook, C.D. Mm. Lamb, Mike Williams, and Zach Ertz. I think we've got three pretty good lineups, and, and I, I think some Vikings fans might be biased. I, I'm not saying I'm going to have the most picks this week, but you got Lamar Jackson, and then and you got two guys from the Packers. Ooh, I don't know. All right, so once again, Ruby's going to put all the players or the, the, the three teams up on the board, uh, up on the screen. Take a look uh, at who you think is going to win and write your comment down below. Team Ted, Team Toonses, Team Drew. If you pick the correct team, you get a point, and if you get the most points at the end of the year, you win a couple of neat prizes. Now it is time for our preview segment, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we got a friend of ours dropping in to say hi. Hello, everybody. Robert W. Flonsworth here. After a spooky Halloween night, the Minnesota Vikings take the Minneapolis Zephyr to the East Coast in Chesapeake Bay to take on the shifty Lamar Jackson and the only Harbaugh with any coaching acumen whatsoever. John, can the Minnesota Vikings write their long book or will the Ravens say never more? We'll find out. All right. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate that. We don't even have to do the preview <laughs> after that. <laughs>
three and four Vikings, five and two Ravens. Ooh. I, you know, it's, I was doing this preview and I'm thinking to myself, wow, in a lot of categories. Start off with quarterback. Just go. This isn't going to take me very long, any of these categories. Lamar Jackson averages 416 scrimmage yards a week, 340 in the air, 80 on the ground, 416. Now, I know when we do these previews, we don't like to look at the whole season wrapped up. It's just a game. The game, yeah, this game, Ravens, Vikings. So even though Jackson may be you know, the better overall quarterback, it's dependent on this game. So I try to look at it from head-to-head -head competition. And with that, I'm still giving it to Jackson. He's still gives I, I Jackson. Too. He's, got too, yeah. he's got too many. He's too dynamic. He can do too much. Too much of a playmaker over Kirk Cousins, and I trust him more. The Vikings, I don't think, do very well against mobile quarterbacks. See what happened against them with against Kyler Murray with them. I, I think Lamar Jackson's in for a big day Sunday. He's coming off a terrible game against the Bengals, where he was 15 for 31. He got sacked five times. Yeah. He was throwing his helmet on the sideline. Very frustrated. Ain't gonna happen this week with Daniel Hunter out. Yeah, my check mark goes to the to uh, the Ravens with the quarterback. Baltimore's running game. They lost two guys like in the preseason, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, and still their top five rushing unit. Now, now a lot of that is because Lamar Jackson makes plays on the ground, but old friend Latavius Murray, there are a couple other guys with Lamar Jackson. That's a better better running game than the Vikings. They get my, they get my check. Ravens are third in the NFL, 150 yards a game rushing. Vikings are tenth in the NFL with 124 yards a game. It's hard to, when you start looking at how each team uses the running game, it's kind of similar, but uh, I give my check mark to the Ravens also because it's just, you add those yards up that the quarterback gives you, it just makes the overall running game much more much more dynamic, I think, than the Vikings. Lamar Jackson has 36 more yards than Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Baltimore, uh, what, check mark. What do you got for the, the passing offense, passing game? Well, Ted, now that we have Luke Stocker <laughs> signed up, and activated, I think that's. I think that can only swing the pendulum our way, can it? I think With so. Luke yeah. Stocker signed up. I don't know. Seriously, Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews have gotten fifty percent of the team's receiving targets. That's really the two guys you got to stop are Brown and Andrews. But when you look at the rest of the receivers, I mean, Sammy Watkins, I think is going to be hurt. I don't think he's going to play. Rashad Bateman's coming back though. Rookie Rashad Bateman's back. Gopher Rashad Bateman is on his way back. They got a lot of good receivers there in Baltimore. Brown and Andrews are really the two targets. They have nine of the ten receiving touchdowns on this team, those two yeah. guys. I don't know about the Vikings passing attack, especially coming off that game. I'm still going to give the check mark to, to the Ravens, and I don't want to, but I have to. I am too. I, I think Andrews and, and Hollywood Brown are going to be matchup nightmares for the Vikings, especially Andrews. After last week, I don't know what to think of the Vikings passing game. They've got two world-class wide receivers. they got a quarterback that can sling it. They choose not to. I don't know, man. I, I don't know what's going on. I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Ravens. A little bit surprising is the Baltimore screen game. John Harbaugh has always been a big screen guy. He completely changed this year. They've only thrown twenty passes to the back. Offensive line, I'm giving to I'm giving to Baltimore. Just them. I uh, they got Andrew Villanueva, the longtime vet who played in Pittsburgh all those years. Kevin Seiler is a pretty good player. Uh, yeah, Baltimore. They got two really good guards. Bozeman, their center, really good player. He has a bad back, so he might not. He's kind of questionable right now, but still, you got to give the check mark to them just for experience and and what they bring to the table. The Vikings still are a work in progress, Ted. They started falling apart late in that Dallas game, but they still don't have a lot of games together. It's a big test for them in the front seven against Baltimore this week. It really is. The offensive line's going to be tested, but I can't give the I can't give the Vikings the check on the O-line. I give it to give it to the Ravens. I mean, I thought Christian Jarosaw was throwing dudes around like a rag doll. That was good to see, at least, you know, running the ball. But Oh, he looked fantastic. But Garrett Bradbury is just getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. I just don't think he's the answer anymore. Drew, tell me about Baltimore's defensive line. Baltimore's? Well, ours is with, with Hunter gone. That's I don't think I'll be able to give him the check the rest of the season. That's a devastating loss. It is. Baltimore yeah. on the flip side, they got some big boys up there. Calais Campbell, Matt Abuike, and big Brandon Williams at nose tackle. They got a really stout defensive line, but their defensive line and their linebackers work really well together. Mm -hmm. uh, check mark to Baltimore's defensive line with Hunter being out. I'm giving both the defensive line, and since I take linebackers first, I'll give that too because I think the front seven is more of a – I don't want to say a single unit, but overall they're fourth in the NFL against the rush. And You mentioned guys like Campbell. You got Josh Burns and Patrick Queen as the linebackers. The Ravens' front seven is really good. The Vikings are reeling with the loss of Daniil Hunter, how it's his production. 
you can't replace his production, but now you're going to have, you know, and they traded Stephen Weatherly. And, and so you're looking at Kenny Willekes, maybe, maybe Patrick Jones, the second, we'll see. I, I just think it's going to be a tall order for the Vikes. So I, I give both the defensive line and the linebackers to Baltimore here. I give them both a check too. Dealing with Lamar Jackson, Vikings got a big problem on their hands. What do you got for linebackers? Patrick Queen, Justin Houston, two guys right there that are like savage beasts. They're monsters. Not to mention Bowser. Not the great Bowser from Shanana, Ted, but <laughs> Bowser, the other linebacker. They got a really good, they got a good uh, group of linebackers there in Baltimore. It's hard to say that the Vikings can even stand up to that. What Kendricks, Barr, and Vigil, the depth is really starting to show now. They get the check mark, Baltimore, for the linebackers. What about the secondary? Come on, Ted. The secondary. Vikings got torched by Dallas. Both Lamb and Cooper had over 100 yards. You were spot on with your assessment of Harris and Smith. Something's not right with that guy. Woods had a hell of a game. Yeah. Baltimore is the worst pass defense in the league. They are. The absolute worst. The absolute worst. And they got uh, Marlon Humphrey back there. Mm-hmm. They got they got good corners. I don't know what the deal is. The Vikings rank 18th in pass defense. Baltimore's last. Well, they have four guys on IR, Ted. Yeah. Baltimore secondary. Maybe that's why. I feel I have to give the Vikings a check mark, and I really hate doing it, but I got to give them a check mark for the secondary. This is the only check mark I'm giving the Vikings, simply for the fact they are less bad than Baltimore secondary. <laughs> the red zone I, I'm giving to Baltimore, their red zone defense is phenomenal. They've only given up nine touchdowns and 20 red zone tries. That's impressive. Second in the NFL, Ted. Second in the NFL, and when you look at at the, the troubles the Vikings have had getting into the end zone, even with massive assists from the referees, this is going to be problematic for the Vikings on Sunday, I think. So I I give the check to Baltimore here. Dude, the red zone for the Vikings was on fire the first four weeks. And for mm-hmm. some reason, it has just puckered up like a frog's beehole in a blizzard. It's bad. It's not good. Something's happened there. They're just not good in the red zone. They need to turn it around, but until then, I'm not going to give them the check mark. Baltimore's been in the red zone 22 times and has 16 touchdowns. Good for third in the NFL. Third on offense, second on defense. Check mark to the Ravens for the red zone for me. Special teams, what do you got? Well, Justin Tucker's the best kicker in NFL history. Made it, what, 67 yards? Was it 67 yarder against Detroit earlier this I think year? It was 97 yards, Ted. <laughs> uh, Ravens. Me too. 14 of 15 on his field goals this year. Tucker's still, he's been a weapon there for how many years now? Forever, it feels like. And, you know, Harbaugh actually, as a head coach, puts effort into his special teams. And he cares a lot about that. With Tucker, he's always a big weapon. They get my check mark, Baltimore. Coaching. (laughs) John Harbaugh, next. (laughs) I mean, the the dudes won a Super Bowl. He's, he's won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, but wasn't afraid to draft a guy like Lamar Jackson and bring in guys that, that can run an offense that uh, maximize Lamar Jackson's skill. Remember, everybody said Lamar Jackson can't play quarterback in the NFL. He should be a wide receiver. John Harbaugh, I, I think, was almost as insulted as Lamar Jackson was. And look what happened. He turned, he turned Lamar Jackson into an MVP because the guy knows how to coach. He knows how to look at his players and see what they're good at and designs offenses and defenses around the strengths of his players. He's not a square peg into a round hole guy. Uh, I'm very envious that the Ravens have a coach like John Harbaugh. He gets my check mark hands down. He is 50 times the head coach Mike Zimmer is, and you can argue with me all day about it. Harbaugh all the way. There's just an easy check mark. It took me five seconds. I didn't even really need to look at this. Intangibles, Drewster. The Ravens are going to get my uh, check mark here, Ted, on the intangibles because, like I said, They're at home. They're coming off just a terrible, embarrassing loss to the Bengals. It was one of the worst losses they've had at home in recent memory. They lost 41-17, to and they not only lost, Harbaugh's team got dominated. They are angry. They've had two weeks to prepare for the Vikings. Two weeks, and they're angry. That's got to be an intangible. The Vikings are going to be walking into an angry team. It's probably going to execute well and probably going to keep their foot on the gas. So they get my intangibles there. At this point, the Vikings seem shell-shocked. That's a good word. That's a very good word, yeah. My intangibles go to Baltimore. Same here. Road game. The Vikings are reeling. The The Ravens are, are a, a mad football team that's had two weeks to to, to stew on an embarrassing home loss. I, I guarantee you that that's not going to happen again. 
uh, yeah, intangibles. I give I give it all to Baltimore as well. What do you got for Jumo this week, my man? This is going to be tough. Like I said, this is usually a place where the the Vikings can bounce back and have a good performance after a debacle. I don't think it's going to happen this week. I think it's going to dam's going to break. Ted, like Pink Floyd said, and if the cloud bursts, thunder in your ears. <laughs> You shout and no one seems to hear. That's what it's, I, I don't see it ending well for the Vikings this Sunday. I, I don't either. I got my cup, but it's time to get with the right Reverend Jones. <laughs> I'm looking at my purple Kool-Aid. Smells a little funny this week. There might be something in there. Take a drink. <laughs> Let's take a drink and see what it, what it is. Oh, man. Here it comes. Uh, uh, I, I believe it's cyanide. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeling good about this game. I, I can usually talk myself into a Vikings win. When you look at what happened last Sunday night against the Cowboys, the team has what they've said publicly and, and how things are going and the loss of Daniel Hunter and the Ravens have had two weeks to get ready for the Vikings coming off an embarrassing home loss. This just almost feels like a perfect storm for a complete and utter blowout. For the Ravens. I hope it doesn't happen, but it would not surprise me if it does. I don't have a good feeling about this game at all. It's hard to have a good feeling about it when you watch a team that was one for 13 on third down. Yeah. Really, Ted? One for 13? And I think they kept the Dallas running game in check only because Cooper Rush wasn't going to run on you. He's a statue. Yeah. Now they got the Lamar Jackson element thrown into that mix. Yeah. It's going to be a tough week, Ted. And I'm feeling like you guys are going to get run out of the stadium. I hope not. It's, it's going to steamroll, and it's going to be bad. So that's our weekly preview. We're going to take a quick commercial, and we will come back with our new twist on trivia this week. It's going to be fun. If you want to become a sweat hog, here's how. With Welcome Back, Carter. Be up your nose with the rubber hose game. Epstein, you're in a class by yourself, so... What are you doing here? You're going uh, back for spaces, man. Uh, and you gotta give ranks and take ranks. The Becky the class for you. <laughs> and the first to collect all the words wins. Up your nose with a rubber hose. <laughs> Welcome back, Carter. The up your nose with a rubber hose game by Ideal. To get ahead in business these days, you've got to be fast. You not only have to be fast, you have to be faster than the next guy. And as fast as you are, there's always someone else who thinks he's faster than you. And the faster you go, the faster everyone else tries to get ahead of you. And the faster you have to go to keep up with the fastest. And no matter how fast you go, everyone everywhere is always trying to be faster. So you have to be really fast, tremendously fast, incredibly fast, so you fall behind someone else who is faster. Faster than Jimmy, faster than Joey, faster than Janie, and faster than To John. get ahead in business these days, you have to go with a company who invented the whole idea of fast. Federal Express. Why fool around with anyone else? Welcome to Tunes' Trivia. Are you going to ask me questions? <laughs> oh my God! Did cut me? <laughs> did it twice. Did it again. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Is it, Ted? That's Tunes awesome. Is cutting off the drister. How you doing, Ted? I'm doing good. Tunes, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to the questions. Yeah, so so this week we're doing a, a little twist on our trivia. It's it's still Tunes' trivia, but this week Drew and I are asking the questions, and we've we've got a, a gamut of topics to include the Vikings Ravens history. I even got a Bon Jovi question in here for her. I have one of those too. I have one of those too for Tunes. Alrighty. Every forty episodes we're gonna do this for you, Tunes, just so you know. Do you wanna ask the first question, Drew? Yeah, we'll go back and forth. Okay, Tunes, you ready? I'm ready. In Roman law, otherwise known as the 12 tables, what year did this start in? I'm just kidding. I was going to say, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not my first question. What college did Randy Moss attend? I'll try to do my fine job with that. Marshall. All right. I'm going to put you down for a victory there. You get you get one point. Uh, Ruby, are you ready? This is an, a question from your favorite TV show, as I have been told, The Office. Yes, I'm ready. So this episode was called casual friday and in it the very opening scene kevin was bringing in a big pot of chili <laughs> and if you'll remember he spilled it and and the whole time he was doing a voiceover about 
how he brings in chili once a year. And he said the key to his famous chili is to undercook what ingredient? The onions. Very good. Yes. Good job. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and while he's saying that, he's trying to scoop the chili up that he's filled with a with a paper thing from the desk. It was hysterical. My next one is a uh, another Randy Moss question. I know he's your favorite player. Who threw Randy Moss his first Vikings touchdown? And through who threw Randy Moss's final Vikings touchdown? Which two quarterbacks? Uh, Brad Johnson. That's correct. And Brett Favre. Holy crap! You got a bam. Bet, Good job. This is my my last office trivia question. When Michael Scott goes to New York, where is his favorite place to get New York style pizza while in New York City? Isn't it Sbarro's? It is. <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Tootsus has shown us a thing or two, Ted, about how to answer trivia. Yeah, that's exactly on right. Fire. I have an office question. What did Michael Scott pretend to fire Pam Beasley over in season one? For stealing paper clips. Oh, stealing post-its. Oh, post-its. Okay. That's almost like getting a win, though. Close enough. In Randy Moss's time with the Vikings, he wore number 84. But in his rookie season, during the preseason, he wore a different number. What number was that? Ooh, um, I'm going to guess 81. No. 18. It was 18. Oh, yep, okay. 18. Yep. You got me on that one. I got one. You get one point for each of these answers. Bon Jovi has 15 studio albums. You get a point for every one you can name. Oh my God, are you serious? I would not kid you. That was the first question. Uh, <laughs> Self-titled. That's right. That was number one. Slippery when what? That's right. That's right. New Jersey. That's correct. Keep the faith. That's correct. Oh my gosh. Then they get kind of lame. He kind of lost his touch. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm totally blanking on anything after that. That's okay. I only got four myself. Uh, the only early one you missed was some album called 7800 Fahrenheit. Oh, okay, yeah. But you got all the rest of the early ones. Uh, the other ones you couldn't get after that were These Days, Crush, Bounce, Have a Nice Day, Lost Highway, The Circle, What About Now, Burning Bridges, This House Is Not For Sale, and his last one was 2020, which was released in... 2018. <laughs> you got four, Tootsies. Wow, that, yeah, I clearly stopped listening to them a long time ago. <laughs> I think the last eight or nine of those, you're just trying to keep the mortgage paid, Ted. <laughs> All right, here's my Bon Jovi question. John Bon Jovi used to be an owner of an arena football league team. What was the name of that arena football league team? Probably something in New Jersey. I'll give you the name of the city. It was not New Jersey. I'll even give you the name of the city. It was Philadelphia. Oh my God, I can't remember the Arena Football League names. I, I can't remember the names. Philadelphia Soul. I think it was It was also owned by Ron Jaworski, wasn't it? Was, it was, Ron, yeah. Yeah, Ron it Jovi. Was, sure was. All right, I'm starting right. to suck. Give me something easy. All right, that's what she said. Since, since, since you've been a fan since 1998, what's the highest point total the Minnesota Vikings have scored? 556. No, the highest points of one game. Sorry. Oh, 50. That's right. Nice. 50 to 10? Against who? Yes! That yeah! was it, right? Jacksonville. That's right. Wow. That's, holy crap, Toonses. Nice comeback one there. All right, Toonses. In 2013, the Vikings and Ravens played a wild 29-26 game in the snow in Baltimore. And five touchdowns were scored in the final two minutes and five seconds. That's of that crazy. game. The Vikings had two of those. Just name one of those Vikings players that scored a touchdown, but you get a bonus point if you can name them both. One was a long kickoff return, and one was a long run. Long kickoff return, Tunes. Come on. That's a good hint. What, one of them wasn't Percy Harvin, was it? It was not. He, he was the guy that replaced Percy Harvin, and it was his rookie season. Nate Burleson? He's still in the league. No. He's still in the league. He's now with a team in the southern part of the country. Are you talking about Coriel Patterson? Yes. <laughs> yes. 
That was the other one Adrian Peterson? It was not. Peterson was injured, and this was the great white hope from Stanford. Toby Gerhardt? Yes. There you go. Toby Gerhardt. Yes, yep. that's that right. Was it. Thanks, Drew. Sure. Anything I can do to help. <laughs> My next question. What was the name of Dwight on the office? Dwight's pet porcupine. God, I don't remember him having a pet oh. porcupine. Remember when Jim did the prank on him and had it in his drawer? Had the, the porcupine oh, in the drawer? Oh, oh. Yeah. He got me on that one. Henrietta. That's right. That's right. The Baltimore Ravens have built a statue for Ray Lewis outside their stadium. How many guys did Ray Lewis allegedly kill outside of an Atlanta nightclub the week of a Super Bowl? Three. I thought it was two, but we'll give you credit. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's all allegedly and nobody really knows. That's the the best question of the whole trivia right there. I love it. Toots says, give me five head coaches for the Vikings that aren't Mike Zimmer. Leslie Frazier, Mike Tice, Dennis Green, Fred Grant, and Les Stickle. Holy crap. Wow, good job. <laughs> no hesitation at all on that. This is my last question. What is the purpose of a tail rotor in a helicopter? And you don't have to be technical, just what does a tail rotor do? <laughs> is this really the question? <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's the question. I'm going to guess that it helps with the direction that the helicopter is going in. It does. Very much so. It does. And it keeps. So when you have the main rotor blade turning, if you don't have something to counter it, the the body of the helicopter would spin in the opposite direction. So the tail rotor keeps that from happening. And you also use it with the pedals to turn the helicopter. Very good. Good job. Now I have one bonus question. What is your favorite helicopter, and why is it either the CH-47 or the MH-53? <laughs> it is the MH-53 because me and Drew spent like four months tracking the MH-370 airline that went down in the Indian Ocean. We did. Oh, okay. We, we right. know right where it is. <laughs> About to end my question tonight. It's an office question because I know you love that show. You get three guesses, which means you get two mulligans. What was the most watched episode of The Office? It had 23 million viewers and is the only episode to go over 20 million viewership-wise. Him and Pam's wedding. That is not correct. Really? It was the one when uh, Jim and Pam illegally downloaded a movie starring Jack Black. Oh my God. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah, do you know the name of it? I don't. It's it, Ruby. It's the one with Dwight stages the fire in the office to test the fire safety. Yes, I would have never guessed that in a million years. Okay, that was a lot of fun. That was good. That was a lot of fun. That was good. It, it's uh, definitely different being on the other end of it. That's what she said. Yep, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw Michael in there to end it right there. That was a lot of fun. Great questions, Ted. Excellent job. Uh, you too. That was a lot of fun. All right, so I think uh, Ruby won, though. She she answered. The oh yeah, question. she was way over the majority vote there. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that'll put a bow on episode forty. Thanks to Gabe Kaplan and welcome back, Cotter. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for subscribing. Our our subscriptions are keep going up and up. Keep getting a lot of viewers. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for sending in questions. Got a great question from our good friend Tony Bell. Didn't get to tonight, but we we've got it in the hopper. And we will, uh, we will answer it. It's a great question. We'll answer it in, a, in an upcoming episode. Thank you, Tony, for the question. Drew, thanks. Tunes, Liz, thanks for all the editing, all the great stuff you guys do to make the show go. We'll try and do better the next time. Drew, take us home. It really is a lot of fun doing this, isn't it, Ted? That is. Yeah. They're doing fantasy shows. The rest of the night, I'm having a great night. Thanks to everybody for watching our show. We hope you enjoy it. And we want you to be here for our live postgame show after the Vikings-Ravens clash on Sunday. It's nice to get you involved with that. We have prizes, and I know you like prizes. So tune in with us for our Vikings Rewind show with me and Ted and Tunes and the great Christopher Gates. Everything Ted just said. Thank you. Welcome back, Connor. Don't forget to play our fantasy football trivia game. Vote on one of our teams, whichever one you think will win, so you can get yourself another point. And we'll see you Sunday. Until then, say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. Hey, hey, puppy. (laughs) 